Hello and welcome to another episode of Courts Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, ethical, cultural, you name it, I'll speak about it. And today's episode is a actually political episode for once. Um, I watched the PMQ, which is the Prime Minister's Questions, and saw how uh, Boris Johnson was held to account for a party that he attended on May 20th. 2020 wherein he attended a party that he claims he thought was allowed under the guidelines but I remember the guidelines being very messy and um not very clear in this non-allowance of non-allowance of people congregating in huge number and apparently over like 100 people were invited to this party so um of course that was damning but it was annoying that this is what it took for people to actually see this man as a liar and has been lying for ages um and finally seeing like leaders of parties like Labour, Keir Starmer, Scottish Nationalist Party hold this man to account was was relieved was relieving but also well overdue just you know when it's like finally someone that's sticking up for themselves it was like for years and years everyone has just been allowing this man to do whatever he wants and this has been the final straw but it shouldn't have been the final straw. Many previous issues should have been the final straw. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, housing with Grenfell and cladding crisis is a major thing that has happened during Boris Johnson's leadership that was not addressed. I remember it happening in many, when, 2017, 2016, 2017, thinking to myself, God knows that some somebody needs to do something about this. And then five years later, it's 2022 and people from Grenfell, where is the clarity that they've been rehoused? Where is the confirmation that people who do have this cladding on their properties will have it removed as it is a huge fire risk? No one is expecting things to happen instantaneously, but we need to re- recognise that the gears are not even being put in motion. And if anything, people have been trying to allocate blame to individuals instead of the government, which is what's annoying me. I thought that there's a climate of individualism. I don't know whether social media is just highlighting it or pioneering it, but everyone just thinks you can just do things on your own and it just completely flies in the face of um, democracy and community, which underpin that everything that is successful is done together. You know, it's not about one person doing a bulk of everyone's job. It's about giving multiple people the skills to do different functions to reach a a common goal. You know, everyone's always talking about teamwork in interviews. Teamwork is a major factor of life. Why are we pretending that it's not, you know? But um, hearing the discrimination that, you know, even Angela Rayner faced because of her accent, you know, not being eaten educated, not being a private school educated, sometimes can hold you back in particular societies I remember being young and caring about political issues and people saying well you know you could be a prime minister or you could be a politician one day and just looking at them like deep in my heart knowing it would never happen not because I knew that people would hate on me because I didn't know it was this bad like even just seeing Dawn Butler though like share a throwback video of her in the house and talking about the things that she faced right um as an MP on the big nasty show and even interviewing Shay Ekawowo a couple of years ago and talking about her experience um, becoming an MP. 
because I was not in the workforce, I did not know how bad it was. I'm still not even fully integrated into the workforce because of the pandemic not allowing me to be a daily office individual. I still don't know how bad it is, but I'm glad that I've read all the reading and I'm in some way prepared because I wouldn't want to go in naively to these places thinking I was on the same basis as other people. I could do the same things as other people and get away with it, you know, because this has given me a level of protection that I, if not have been, if not have been aware of these inequalities, would have definitely gone in blindsided. I was saying this to somebody a while back, like, it could have easily been me, the girl that was good, great, got the grad scheme and thought she could save the world because of this little um, win, her personal individual win. And um, you can save the world, but it's often not in that avenue, ironically. That uh, that avenue might give you the status to then be respected in other spaces and um, perhaps hold um, some, some kind of, how do I say it, um, authority, even though that's not necessarily true. Because people just presume that somebody who has worked um, in finance or law or auditing or accounting because of the processes and exams that those individuals have to deal with are somehow way more ethical way more accountable way more sensible in their decision making in other roles right people just assume that these are people that are trustworthy and it's not true right Uh, if anything our politicians are an example there's a whole ministerial code that they are subject to that they don't often abide by and if the prime minister of the land is breaking these rules then what does that say about our society when we constantly um, allow individuals who we consider to be better than us for whatever arbitrary reason going to a certain university having a certain amount of money being related to a certain individual or even just having a level of representation that they are not to be held to account, that they are above the law, that they are not like everybody else, immune in some way, which is just fundamentally untrue. And I feel like that is slowly dismantling, slowly, very slowly, chipping away in cases like Ghislaine Maxwell, you know, um, being convicted as a, as a sex offender that she is, right? Because people don't often recognise that a woman who is recruiting women or young girls to sleep with older men is a sex offender but it's what she is it's not the phrase that people use right um and i think we need to start naming things as they are even prince andrew's implication of having sexually assaulted one of the women who was in an image with him and Gislaine maxwell and although the uk has decided not to take him to court for that an American court has just decided today that no, we will try him for this civil allegation. It's just it's a it's a tiny step in holding individuals who thought that they were operating with impunity to account. Tiny and like I'm not even a big believer in, you know, the political system. Because time and time again, Democrats and Republicans have failed people, Labour and and Tories have failed people, you know. I try not to think about um my votes being the um, the solution to all things. I know that from what I've seen over the past two years, and just generally, the people that will help you the most are always your community, right? No, no matter what the laws say, no matter what the government um, puts in place and imposes on the people, if you have a community of people, whether they're related to you or not, whether they're family or friends, that can protect and love you and help you out of your situation and support you, lend and borrow you, 
you should be better off than if you were alone. But like I said, the encroaching individualism that's been happening for so many years has suggested that this might not ever happen because everyone is pushing this neoliberal politic that you can do it on your own, you don't need anyone. Like, yeah, solitude is great in pieces. But firstly, you have a whole life to be alone because when you retire and your family leave the, your kids leave the house and your partner dies, you will know what it means to be alone. So it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen early. It certainly doesn't have to happen whilst you're at school or at uni or working as a young person. Like you have your whole life to be alone. I always tell people that, even though hopefully you don't have to be alone and you do live a long, healthy life with a bunch of people around you constantly. After retirement is where I think a lot of people start to feel the effects of um, capitalism. But ironically, because capitalism is so powerful nowadays people aren't even getting to retirement they're dying before then so it's a rigmarole as I love to say my favorite phrase and um the way we see these things will never change until we effectively improve right and um I always have an issue with these ideas that people put in each other's heads that you know it's just you, you know, it's you against the world, it's like, it can feel like that when you're in your room, and you're on your phone, and nobody's answering, but in reality, you're in a community of people, whether you know them or not, and they are all in the same boat, literally, you know, and that boat can be metaphorical, that boat can be physical, you know, it is the line that Orson Shearer said in one of her poems, that, you know, nobody puts their kids on water unless it's more safe than the land, Right, we are all traveling for a reason, and harsh and hostile immigration policies, as well as um, corrupt um, goings on in Parliament and the House, demonstrate that the leaders that we have in power are not here for the people and are not here for the greater good. They're just here to punish and make themselves richer. And it's, it's not hyperbole to say that. I don't know who has to say it for people to understand, right? Because disabled people will say it. Black and Asian people will say it. Um, gay and lesbian people and trans people will say it. All these marginalized, marginalized communities, poor people will say it. And no one will believe it until someone who is none of these things says it because apparently we're all just coming from the space of bitterness or uneducatedness. And it's crazy because looking at the landscape of like black female politicians, you look at it and you're like, oh my God, people punish them just for being black out here, just for saying the truth. God knows I would not have survived that. Big up all those women. I could never, I could never. But ironically, I got a taste of it pretty early and I think it turned me off. And unconsciously, my mind, my body to protect myself, sabotaged and said, you're not going to be in those spaces because they're going to destroy your self-esteem. And now I know, okay, how to separate that part of myself from the work I do. I'm, I'm much healthier. I'm, I'm much happier. But it could have been a lot worse. Like, it could have been a lot worse. Like, because I'm vocal about the truth. I didn't know that it would cause so much flack and attack, though. You know what I mean? And not under the fake banner of be kind, like so many people like to say in response to anyone holding someone to account for terrible comments that they've made and then just slapping be kind on it as a cop-out instead of actually recognising and memorialising 
Caroline Flack, the woman who did commit suicide in response to perhaps maybe not just um, media journalism, but a, a criminal justice system that she felt unprotected by. You know what I mean? Because anyone looking at the case that she dealt with, um, being accused of assaulting an ex-boyfriend or a boyfriend at the time, and her not having the the measures put in place to protect her mental health while she was going through that. Because an accusation like that is one thing. To be a celebrity, a high-powered individual, and have that slated across the press, the media journalism, social media is one thing, but let's not ever forget the the the, the um, role of traditional media in all of this. Traditional media plays a huge role in these things because people talk on social media, and I think most even high-powered individuals understand that people talk, but to pretend it's the same as um, traditional journalists who get paid to talk, because hardly anyone on social media, particularly Twitter, is paid to talk about half these topics, right? Especially not Twitter. Twitter is the land of commentary, and ain't nobody there making money from them tweets, right? Is That's the Instagram and TikTok folk you want to talk to, but Twitter, most of them are broke, and, and from what they call the underclass or marginalised spaces, of the world, right? And I'm glad they have a voice. I used to be on the fence a bit with it because I just thought, like, how is anyone expected to know all of this? But then I say to myself, exactly. How is anyone expected to know about, about all of this? Let these people speak. It's their experience. They're not going to get it in the traditional media except on, during Black History Month or Disability Month or Let's Kick Out Racers Mouth Football Day, you know? On the daily, these are the experiences they're dealing with. Let them talk about it. Let them talk about it. Um, I I have an issue with the loneliness epidemic coming about, and I feel like people are choosing digital communities over in-person communities out of convenience and and out of validation. And I don't have a problem with that. I feel like I have to stress this when I'm speaking to people. Like, I don't have a problem with people choosing digital communities. I'm just very well aware that digital communities can turn sour very quickly in a way that in-person communities don't. But then again, I could be speaking from a space of privilege because I'm sure there are a lot of people whose in-person communities have shunned them, right? But my issue is that if you're expecting stuff from people online and you don't get it, well, then again, is in-person uh, connections any much any much better? No, but I just think I need to. I'm not making excuses for it, in, for preferring in-person to online. I think what I'm trying to say is, is that nothing, in my opinion, can replace human touch and human engagement offline, away from technology, holding a friend's hand, speaking face to face with somebody, hugging them. Right? Virtual hugs and handshakes are great, but being in someone's physical presence changes everything, right? Because you recognize their humanity. You no longer care about the other themes that people online might force you to focus on because human to human, I can see you breathing, I can see oh, I can I can I can sense your heart is beating, right? So all of the other factors don't really matter at this day and age. But when people constantly live online, there's a way that they engage with people that isn't in good faith even though they come across as being overtly morally superior or sanctimonious, they actually 
deep down inside are just looking to one up other people because the, um they're miserable um they 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 I think it's mostly just misery, which is but that misery again is fair enough. You're allowed to be miserable because sometimes the world isn't a great place, especially during this pandemic. People have suffered. So who can I say um shouldn't be miserable? But I guess when you've chosen to take out your misery, project your misery on someone who might be unsuspecting or operating in actual good faith, then what does that um say about you? You know, why should someone be in your crossfire of anger? Because you are having a bad day because we 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 criticize that offline right when someone is rude on the bus because they're just pissed off we don't necessarily say anything to them but we we criticize it so why not criticize online you know i just want people to replicate online behaviors offline but i also understand that the role of anonymity and pseudonymity helps online um because you can then talk about things that other people afraid to say offline you know I'm not I am very vocal about these things but I'm also not of a high profile and I know that if I was I could probably endanger myself a lot because people when they hear your opinions and they don't like them they can attack you they can hurt you and and we, we're not celebrities or we say to people like I don't have a security guard to protect me if I say something offhand and they decide to harm me for it you know someone sees me in public and I've got x amount of followers on this social media platform and decides to address something I've posted and that can happen to anyone but obviously the more people you know the what the, the the greater the damage that can be caused and um I'm I'm hyper conscious of these things as James Baldwin said you know to be a negro and to be conscious is to be in a constant state of rage all the time I'm not enraged I'm just annoyed and even if I wasn't enraged I'd be allowed but I'm actually not enraged I just don't have the energy to be enraged I'm annoyed that this is what it takes, you know, so much begging, basically, from people, the public, to get politicians to pay attention, and for those politicians to put the Prime Minister in check, you know, because it's a knock-on effect. Public has to piss their politicians enough to basically say, do something about it. Politician has to hold Prime Minister to account. And finally, the public has managed to communicate that to the politicians and the politicians are slowly trying to get that across to the prime minister but they will resign as per the great resignation we shall see but um there are a host of other things that are to be dealt with even beyond the covid pandemic which everyone thought would be the major topic of conversation um in terms of what hasn't been achieved under tory rule but there's still deportations happening brexit is still being misled um, benefits are still being scrapped. People are expected to live on universal credit, credit which is just not enough. Um, youth centres and public spaces in general are being closed to the youth. For the youth, I think that would most likely create a huge spike in violence on the streets because when you don't have a free place to hang out, what do you do with your time? You know, people easily enter mischief and people are more betrothed to violence when they are impoverished um so a life of crime is a direct response to in my opinion a a country that is neglecting the ills of the people because that's what people go for it's one of the first things i learned in history when one of my teachers was mentioning like different 
ills in the community and then she mentioned like you know but what is crime a reflection of and i don't know if it was in a book or whether it was just a thought but i just said poverty she said exactly you know i think you'll find that the most lawless countries tend to have the poorest populations and the wealth gap is a whole nother conversation because people assume because there's a couple of millionaires and billionaires in the country a country is successful they forget the whole fact that there's a whole underclass under there you know Look at Dubai, that synthetic country, and the mega riches of individuals that live there, and the workers that are usually of Filipino um, descent, but also of African descent and Asian descent, being paid low nominal amounts to survive. But people will still say that's the best country in the world. Like, why do we see celebrity and 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 finance and status like this? Is it who we are as people, you know? It's one thing for someone to be egregiously rich. It's another thing to not let the people who live in the country even get enough pay to live on. Like the average person can't even claim a living wage whilst there are people who are able to buy countries or compete with countries in in terms of GDP doesn't even make sense all all occurring at the same time as kids being unable to eat because free school meals is 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 at stake of being scrapped um we've got cases of child abuse happening during the pandemic which people predicted would happen because they weren't in school and they didn't have that separation from an abusive home. So the, the meals are one thing, right? Having enough money to eat is one thing. But even just the rates of abuse, domestic, towards children and women are a whole nother thing. People don't see women and children as vulnerable anymore for some reason. They just think that they have so much autonomy. And they don't. There's a reason why historically, when people wanted to save countries and communities, they would favour women and children. And they would let men go to do... Um, the more high stakes stuff. Does that mean mental health for men doesn't matter? Of course not. And history is not always right, but there was a reason for it. Women and children were just seen as more fragile, right? And I feel like over the years, that's been forgotten. People have said, okay, but you're making more money now. So you guys should be stronger and kids should just get stronger. Like they are kids. They're not even 18. They're 16. Like, what the fuck? Sorry, don't want to swear. What the hell does a sixteen-year-old know? They've been in school their entire lives. Even people who have just come out of uni don't know anything. Like to be in the world and to actually deal with the economy, right? And 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 wage cuts and and transport costs and council tax and it's very adults, right? Anybody, no, nobody wants to do that, but we will have to do it. And it's becoming repetitive that we're having these same conversations same conversations and um it's time for us all to check our biases check our prejudices check our privileges and say why isn't it's not meritocratic why isn't it equitable for all the people and there needs to be a justification that isn't rooted in some kind of eugenic um, ideology that being people being people b-a-m-e 
just don't listen. That's why they're not taking the COVID serious. That's why the virus is spreading. Like, how dare you? And bane people, I even I don't even like that phrase, but and bane people were on the front lines working for the NHS in um on the bus uh driving the buses, um, doing more customer facing roles, whether we like it or not, right? Racism is not necessarily someone calling you out for your race. It's just about things being disproportionately um, balanced towards more negative outcomes as a result of race. You know, there's a very um, particular relationship between race and class that people try to dodge all the time. No, it's just class. It's just class. Fair enough. Even if it was just class, majority of black people are working class so automatically it disproportionately affects us let's forget the fact that even if it was just class it's affecting a lot more black people proportionally because there are more black working class people than there are other demographics in terms of proportion not in number because obviously minority population in the uk you know we don't want to reckon with that right and we're seeing even in the lacuna right that the journalism of our country that the criminal and civil justice system of our country refuses to bridge i'm finding that american platforms are doing the dirty for us because we can't even trust that we'll get commissioned by somebody in the uk for big um media publication to tell the truth because most of them are owned by guys who are literally in bed with the government you can't criticize the government if you're in bed with them you know what i mean um and 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 when your corporations are donating money to individuals in government to prevent them from um regulating a certain industry or basically advancing your own interests, then you've got a corporatocracy on your hands, whether you like it or not. It is a corporatocracy. When your country is bypassing um, typical legislative measures to get bills passed to houses, or even just trying to undermine protest, which is a fundamental right guaranteed by the ECHR, which is the European Convention on Human Rights, then you've got a problem on your hands. That could very well, very well lead to autocracy, but everyone's just ambivalent. It doesn't affect me, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, right now. If it descends into chaos, your kids, if you plan to have them, will not be faring well if the government decides to change the laws or the admissions in schools and universities or childcare costs. It's all gonna come back to bite. You don't start resisting it now. It's going to make the place unhabitable, unlivable, impossible. Right? We've got Meghan Markle, right? Wife of the grandson of the Queen of England. Suing British newspapers. Because they are breaching her privacy and breaching her confidentiality. And we don't think we have a problem with our with our with our media, with our journalism and publishing, because publishing is the key. 
The other thing is what the kids learn in school. As soon as they're born, you get them to start reading, if you can. If not at home, then at school. What is the content that they're reading? That's where inequality begins. And ironically, publishing is probably the least diverse industry in the whole of, 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 whole of Britain. You know, even the other industries like finance and, 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 and law and journalism, these are all woefully represented. But publishing is probably the worst. And that's, that's deliberate because that's us. And when I say us, I mean black people being told that what will be learned in schools will not be determined by us. So the black kids and the Asian kids and the working class kids and the poor kids and the disabled and the LGBTQ plus, it's going to be determined usually by white middle-class rich men. It might not even be determined by women. And that's the truth that your kid is going to learn and ask you about when they return home from school. That's how the system propagates. Starts with the textbooks. The only thing that's written, I always go back to this line that Michael Jackson said, because it's probably one of the best lines he's ever said. And he wrote a lot of great songs and, and did a lot of great tunes, but just because it's in print doesn't mean it's the gospel. You could argue the same for religion. Just because it's written down doesn't mean it's for the best way for the people. Nobody wants to come to that conclusion, though. Everyone just wants to throw scapegoats and fearmonger people and shift blame instead of addressing, you know, we have an issue. And it's not like an issue that can be dealt with in the same way that um, America deals with its issues. But one thing I wish Britain would do is that I wish it would look to its European counterparts and see that the ills that they face because they're not as actually they're not actually as diverse as Britain, the ills that they face might be similar, but their argument isn't that race caused it. Like it's such a cop out to me that people just blame this. They just go straight to woke people. There's a war on woke. They say right, and they want to dismantle that whole fake conundrum that doesn't really exist. They think that these are the things, right? People asking for basic human rights or not to be deported or that racist statue shouldn't stand in our streets is the reason why the country is crumbling or or the reason why the NHS is failing or that people can't afford to live. That's, That's who they're blaming. That's what they're blaming. Or, or, or the travesty that is mental health is it declining in the country. That's what they're blaming when kids are going hungry and, and footballers are having to feed them. I'm so glad that God dismantled all of these ideologies for me very early. And I didn't get sucked into that life of wanting to be an elite or wanting to rub shoulders with celebrity and rich folk and people with high status because it doesn't matter to me. Most of those people are corrupted. And you have to be a level of corruption to get there. Because you've got to ignore and overlook so much inequality, so much corruption. Corruption. 
I don't think it's fair. So I'm going to keep speaking about it. It's never going to stop, right? We know there's a problem. It's taken God knows how many years for people to finally see that Doris Johnson's unfit to leave, but people just thought maybe because the guy went to Oxford that suddenly he's worthy of leading a country, whatever the hell that means, right? But then again, if I talk too much and Rishi Sunak comes into power, I might have to bite my tongue because I don't know if it's going to get any better. It might just get worse, right? You've got celebrities, right? You've got socialites, people who don't even know what we what they do. We don't even know why they do it, right? Why they have that money. They just have that money, right? Being convicted of 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 of, of sex offences. Right, Gisley Maxwell is the son son, sorry, is the daughter of a media proprietor, a former MP. That's like the combination of things that people would probably see you as someone who was ethical to then be labelled a fraudster later on when he misappropriated funds from his company. And then for his daughter to eventually groom girls to be assaulted what does that tell you about the industry that we exist in? Well, I'm sure there was someone at some point who wanted to rub shoulders with her. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew himself, um, a, a member of the royal family, nobility. We've got to dismantle these ideas that these individuals are better than us until we get to a point where we truly see people as democratic in the same, in not just government, but people as democratic and like equal flesh and flesh and blood is blood. And then I think we will really start to analyze the ills of our society for what they are and stop trying to scapegoat race, sexuality, as reasons to discriminate against a person because they're not contributing to how you want your society to run. There's crime here, so let's blame the blacks. Oh, there's disease here, so let's blame the gays. In other countries where there is crime and there are no black people, what? who's to blame? What's to blame? Have you ever thought about looking at other countries and seeing what their source of crime is? Same with health. Instead of blaming people who are gay, really think about it. Really think about it. Because there are countries that don't have as much crime. That don't blame black people because they can't there are no black people to blame have are forced to reckon with the truth of why people become criminals you know kids are starving in the midlands people have no money for heating up north 
people are trying to cross the channel to seek asylum and refugee status. And the Tories have a, a war on, on statues and footballers kneeling. You're worried about people's pronouns and critical race theory. Did the students in your local school even get to eat today? I I dread to think that maybe the corporate the corporatocracy that we're dealing with is already here. And if we can't trust our own journalists, you know, when you study media law, suddenly you think differently of the role of a journalist as being responsible to impartially inform the public so that they can make their own guided decisions on who they want to vote for, what they believe, how they want to live their lives. But right now, we've seen that there's way too much collusion between the media and the government. To the point where there was a whole BBC documentary talking about the princes and the press, the idea that there's a contract, like an un, like an informal contract between the royals and the journalists of the country to ensure that certain publications are made not to undermine the role of the royal family because the role of the royal family exists by consent of the people the moment the people don't consent they're deposed they're out of here it's a social contract you know and it might not be cool to talk about these things right now but i'm getting older i don't really have time to laugh about things that are discriminatory towards my people or to people that look like me or to people that live near me or people I don't even know because sometimes it isn't you know I've said it before like having so many diverse friends forced me into this way of thinking people probably thought by the way I've come across I wouldn't have dealt with some of these things you know I come across quite well to do I'm not but I come across that way so these factors shouldn't matter you know I'm smart I make good money um but I know from personal experience that I haven't spoken about, I know from friendships I've developed with people who are from persecuted minorities, including um, religious from ethnic groups, West Papua, Ashan- uh, I was going to say Ashanti, sorry, um, the Shia people of Afghanistan and Pakistan, having friends that are homeless, Having friends that have dealt with uh, abuse, domestic and child. You know, things that Jacqueline Wilson ironically used to speak about in books that everyone perceives as too old are things that actually kids are dealing with every day. So it's never too old when you're dealing with it. The sooner you learn it, the better. It's just about being uh, protected and knowing how to deal with the windfall of emotions or reactions that are that, that that happened you know when you read an article or book about you know uh, a religious group that has been persecuted that provokes a level of empathy in you it should or activism in you like it should frustrate you because the world's not fair the world ain't equal you know and it's our job to bridge those gaps 
naturally you don't have to be online every day harking about it I always say like you know that's that's one thing to do particularly if you're a celebrity that's a huge thing for the average person it might not be much right but for me I'm also talking about the fact that everyone needs to understand that these issues affect everybody like we need to see each other as a human race on a democratic level and realize that the government is in, is responsible for these things. It's not just you as a person pulling your boots that far. Like, they've got millions, and, they've got billions of, of pounds, right? They're backing loans to companies and corporations and banks and and, and, and they're trying to decline the common people. And that's not fair. You know, if your government won't give you a loan, but they'll give a businessman a loan, what does that say? Right? Hmm. It's just annoying that there's the time, the times where being a, um, someone who works in publishing or journalism was a radical act have declined is upsetting. But it make, it implores me more to write more, to express more, to read more, and to produce and learn more. Because we need to we need to offset the bias in traditional industries, traditional media, traditional injustice. Otherwise, there will be no alternative to the to, um to these narratives, and the people of the future will never know the truth. But I'm confident it'll come out. You know, the reason why I've got my Twitter account up there because I know that someone's gonna stumble across it and be like, "Oh, okay, so she's written this, she's written that." And these are things that are important because when the kids in school are learning and they're looking for sources to back up their claims in their future articles, their future dissertations, their exams, you want to be able to produce a source that they look at and say, yeah, she was right. She predicted this. And not for the gotcha moment, but more so for the History repeats itself, and if you don't pattern up, a lot of people are going to suffer from it. And hopefully, we learn from her and and don't do what has happened again. But reality is that I'm not so sure if that will happen. It feels like we are constantly repeating ourselves. It feels like it's gone to the point where it's infecting the climate, and that's something that's irreversible. It's not the same as you know killing a people. Genocides have happened since the beginning of time. And other inhuman beings still existed, you know, overpopulation has allowed that to not be, unfortunately, a big deal. The problem is how it's become an ecological crisis now. And it could kill us all. It could kill us all, you know. You've disrespected everything. The one thing that you you would have should have held in high regard, the bloody planet, you've decided to let go of. And you remember, we may all die, die from it because you can't fight natural disaster. You can fight debt. You can you can cancel everybody's debt. You can shift the workforce. You can do all of that capitalistic stuff. Can't save the planet though. <laughs> like all the capitalism in the world doesn't matter if there is no planet. That's why all of these billionaires and millionaires are flying to Mars to colonize another planet. 
I said Don't Look Up was a great film because it covered that problem of us not seeing the issue right before our eyes. But I think what I've read in a few reviews of Don't Look Up is that what they said what Don't Look Up gets wrong is that it's assuming that a huge event, like a meteor, even though I guess it's a metaphor, it's going to hit the earth. When in reality, like most things, it's going to be a series of events that most people don't see happening until it's almost too late. It's a bunch of little things, you know. It's wildfires in Australia and flooding in the in the in the desert and 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 low and cockro- not cockroaches, mice and and co- yeah, let's say cockroach infestations in places that you didn't expect. It's these revelations that you see in biblical times that people thought rationally would never ever happen that are happening, right? But it's not affecting the West, or it's not affecting the rich of the West, so it's not that deep, you know? Until it does, they're not going to care. That's exactly the problem. Ignorance is not the answer, though. Ignorance is how governments pass draconian laws under people's noses. It allows inequalities to manifest and fester destroys the lives of marginalised people. So, you know, okay, the Global South is already dealing with issues during, uh, issues um, as a result of uh, climate change. But nobody cares because they aren't in, in the Western Global North, right? This is how easy it is for countries to transgress from democracy to autocracy without checks and balances. But it also removes that moral duty that they should uphold, that apparently is what the United Nations was supposed to exist for and the League of Nations was to exist for. But now it just seems like a power play against smaller countries to make more money. You know? Oh, God. How could Prince Andrew himself be getting bankrolled by his mother to defend allegations of against sexual assault. In this day and age. And it not be enough to depose that whole that whole family. Oh God. But if you speak, they say you're speaking. I can do TikToks about this. I can make money from this. I choose not to. Podcast is the most ethical form. I don't make no money and I'm saying the truth. It doesn't take me more than half an hour to an hour a day. I don't mind it, you know. It's better than me drafting a bloody article sometimes. I don't know if they can reference podcasts in the future for books and 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 articles, but hopefully it's it's something worth saying. Other than that. I, I don't mind taking on that role of responsibility of not being cool, of not being passionate, of I was say passionate, of not being popular because of what I'm saying. I'm okay with that. Because time will tell and truth always comes out and history doesn't leave us. Look at what is happening even in the courts right now. These offences are 20 to 30 years old sometimes. They're not something that happened yesterday. You know, even the thing that 
Boris Johnson's getting backlash over is two years, it's almost two years late. You know? This was a very political episode. Um, and a resignation is not going to sort this debacle out, but it's one step closer. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, just chipping at these things matters, right? Because I don't care about social mobility anymore. I don't care about celebrity. I care about living, right? Making enough money to live. I don't give a damn about rubbing shoulders with so-and-so. I want to get what I want to get, and I want to produce what I want to produce. And I'll do what I need to get there. But maintaining the ethics is seems like the hardest thing in the world. Because it does seem like the higher you go in these spaces, the more unethical and corrupt it is. Right? And it's just a case of not caring about the common man or person because you need to make money. And it allows people to just harm and exploit the vulnerable because that's what ends up happening. So I don't idolise people for universities, the money they earn, the job states of their parents. You've got to take people for who they are. You know? If you want to pretend that your history is cookie-cut clean because you produce some great things, then social media is going to tell you the opposite. I'll tell you that for free. Like The one thing about social media, it will tear your singlet and it will ruin your reputation. And there's not much else you can do about that, though. Because when these guys were clapping, did they really... Ugh, clapping. For NHS workers, what did they actually think would happen? Her being the right to protest. And passing draconian laws, thinking nothing and no one can do anything about it. Oh, they were right because people haven't really done much, but hopefully they do. Not much else to say. That's it. Episode done. Thank you for listening to this very political episode. It's the first of many. Hopefully. I'm always going to come and refer back to this place when I've got something to say because there is no other form for me to express my feelings as richly and purposefully and in a podcast format. So if you've listened this long, thank you. And uh, take care and stay tuned for the next episode where I talk about something else of interest to me.